Okay, welcome to Royal Penoor Podcast Channel. My, um, my very special guest today is Sarah St. John, who's also a fellow podcaster, and I think we've got a lot to talk about. So, so welcome, Sarah, to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> sure. So let's just dig into your bio a little bit. Um, it says here you're an entrepreneur, podcaster, online course creator, and author, and you created several startups through her entrepreneurial journey of over a decade. So we've got a lot in common here, I think, to talk about. She currently owns a podcast production company called Podseam, and she's also the host of Frugalpreneur, which is quite interesting to talk about the old Volpreneur thing, um, building a business on a bootstrap budget which he aims to show people how to launch and manage online businesses on a budget. So, right, this is probably right down our, down our wheelhouse there. So welcome, welcome again. Um, so how long have you been running the podcast for? Uh, a couple years now. I think, okay. it was, I think it was April of 2019 that I started that. Okay. Um, yeah. And did you find it technically challenging? Is that where most people sort of you find with podcasts and they get in the technical side and they just can't get past it and they just don't do it? <laughs> Actually, no, not really. It it came pretty easily to me, and I was editing and or I still actually edit and produce my own show, so mm. I kind of do the whole thing. Mm. And I think a lot of people, when they start a podcast, it isn't even the recording that's so much the issue; it's the post production that people yes. have an issue with the the time and the technical skills and whatnot. Uh, and so I think that's why a lot of people pod fade or that's the phrase that people use for when people start a podcast and then do a few episodes and then kind of fall off the face of the planet (laughs) yeah yeah it's like a burst of enthusiasm and then it's all over right (laughs) right (laughs) because because the way i kind of look at podcasting is is i um sort of look at actually most marketing is what's the laziest way you can do it right because if you if you can sustain it and do it then it's fine but if you've set yourself this because i know a lot of people say oh you got to do a podcast like every week or every day or whatever and and they just can't keep up with the schedule because they're not professional podcasters right they've come in to do something they're not their life isn't doing podcasting it's something else usually right exactly yeah i think um just maintaining a, a podcasting schedule can be a challenge. <laughs> like, uh, you know, some people do like daily shows, which I don't know how they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's a weekly show, but there's a week here or there where I don't put one out and whatnot, but I try to stay consistent. <laughs> yeah. So my, I got my, my lazy approach to, to podcasting is I do three in a row. <laughs> like that might take two, three weeks. And then I just send out all three and we're almost in one go, like one day after each other. Um, oh, okay. And, and I'm saying it's any secret to anything that works or anything like that, but back into the lazy mode, see, because it's easy to edit three podcasts and edit one, right? So basically yeah. I edit three, and my theory is that I've got three podcasters promoting it almost at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's like three yeah. effect, threefold effect. That's for standing the fact that three is my favorite number anyway, because um, I'm born on the third. So there you go. But, ah. the, but the idea is that's my whole concept. So I don't think at the end of the day, like, you know, people get all wrapped up in that technical aspect of when they've got to produce a show and it's got to be produced every week and all that sort of stuff. Because people don't follow those schedules anymore. Like, yeah, I know when I was a kid, you had to watch TV at a certain time to see a show. But now it's like, right. matter anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah, everyone's all like, be consistent, put, you know, put it out on the same day every week, even the same time. Mm. But I'm kind of like, well, why does it even matter? Because with you, if someone subscribed to your show, it's going to automatically download Mm. whenever anyway. And next time they open the app, they're going to see it. So 
Yeah, what's the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also wonder too, like I, I get alerts every so so almost like Apple queues them up and then I mm. somehow go anywhere near that podcast app and then bang, 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 get a bunch of notifications. So I'm not even getting notified when the show actually comes out. That, that could have been days or weeks ago that it came out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think that might be a bit of a fallacy or maybe it's just a way of trying to get people to follow a schedule, right? <laughs> 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 so... Frugal Panur, uh, Frugal Panur, that's an interesting curse. <laughs> it's funny how the old Panur thing came out of everything, right? Um, yeah, everyone's yeah. a blank Panur now, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I sort of like, we had a we had a company called Evolve, um, mm. and and somehow along the line, I, I don't know, it came to me in the shower, I don't know, and it's sort of like, this sounds interesting, I'll just put these two together, and it kind of made sense. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, so it's almost create your own word, right? <laughs> It'll be like Google. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the, the name of it really stood out to me when I, I saw your show and I was like, oh, I should try to get on that show. Um, <laughs> well, there yeah, you I, Yeah. Anything that ends in preneur for some reason. Doesn't fit. Speaks, <laughs> yeah, it speaks to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we're talking we're talking about like frugalpreneur obviously comes into the whole um, on a budget budget because I think the biggest problem with the entrepreneurs is they start off with very little money mm-hmm. um, and I think part of the problem there is that I think if you you know if you start with a lot of money you could actually end up with little money because I think people blow it too like I've seen mm-hmm. people blow a lot of money I did some film I've got a friend in LA and we did some filming on this show that this guy films like he does a whole TV show in his living room like his house is like he's a billionaire almost so he basically got this really fancy house and he's spending like a hundred thousand dollars a month just on production like doing these shows getting these special guests mm-hmm. in and and he, and zero revenue coming out of it zero oh wow and and, and what he was doing was he's building an audience so he spent a whole year on this thing. And then he's launched an entire, you know, coaching business and all that sort of stuff. So you see, there was a, like he's not throwing his money away, right? Because mm-hmm. when you, from the outside world, it looked like he was, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. It was a plan. But most people can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 also be successful at it because you could have thrown a lot of money at that, and then the whole thing would have failed. And for him, it's probably you know chump change anyway, so it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, you know, if an entrepreneur threw that much money at something and didn't get it to stick, then they'd be pretty upset. Um, so do you think that like podcasting is the quickest way for an entrepreneur to kind of get started? Like, is that, cause that's kind of my opinion is that if you want mm-hmm. to start your marketing and you want to prove to people, you know, what you're talking about, then I think podcasting is the best place to go. Yeah. I feel that way too. Um, cause basically in 2008, um, is when I started my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and, but I started with photography and then it was getting so expensive. So I decided to switch to an online business model and I tried a bunch of different things. And um, it was during that process that I discovered all these like free and affordable tools and resources and software that people could use to manage an online business on a budget. And um, so then I got an idea to write a book called Frugalpreneur. And then I launched a podcast also called Frugalpreneur, but the initial intent was for the podcast to be an an extra marketing avenue and it was just going to be, you know, a few episodes, but I was getting more traction leverage with the podcast than the book and I love the connections I was making and whatnot. And so I've kept the podcast up, but yeah, I think um, podcasting is definitely a good way to 
to start a business, like have a business on the back end of a podcast or vice versa. Uh, if you already have a business, you know, adding podcasting to it mm. uh, as an extra marketing avenue because the podcast directories are basically search engines and Google is actually transcribing podcasts now. So if someone were to go to Google and search something, uh, it's a possibility that a podcast episode will show up in the results. And yeah, uh, Amazon is getting into podcasting and just po the the popularity of podcasting has really skyrocketed especially in the past year and uh i think at a certain point it's almost going to be expect like if you have a business it's mm -hmm. going to be expected to have a podcast with your business but i think even if you don't have a business yet but you have an idea or a niche um to start a podcast on that and then see how it evolves, <laughs> evolve <Exactly>. preneur, <laughs> become an evolved preneur and start yeah. a podcast and see how that goes and what you can um, add on the back end of that to monetize it. You know, so I think at the end of the day, like podcasting is that you can test an idea and if it doesn't work out, well, then you can disappear the podcast, right? You can just like right. completely go away. Like, I think that's the thing. Like a lot, lot of things, um, you know, in today's mark, you know, environment is that you can basically disappear tomorrow. Like it, it doesn't stay there forever. Um, right. And so I think there's the risk. People think, oh, you know, if I don't like it or whatever, make a fool of myself. Well, at the end of the day, like, just delete it. <laughs> no one will ever know, right? And the reality is right. in the early days, of when you do podcast episodes, the early days, hardly anybody will see or hear unless you show anyway. So it's not like, you know, you, you know, to me, it's like get it out of the way. Try to make sure you get it, you know, get the bad ones out of the way early on. Then you don't have to worry about it then because you get experience. And I think everybody goes through that phase of, of you know, mm -hmm. like getting used to it and things going wrong and things like that so yeah mm -hmm. um so do you um in terms of the like in terms of the way that you monetize that podcast you did so you started off with one the sort of side thing and then it kind of looks like it ended up being your business didn't it so it's kind of the way it kind of happens sometimes <laughs> yeah it's really interesting because i had no intention of the podcast becoming even really a thing it was just uh, I I didn't even start listening to podcasts until like a year before I launched mine. Mm. And so, but yeah, you just never know what's going to stick, I guess, sometimes. And then now I have, I was editing or I still do edit and produce my own show and people would compliment me on it. So I figured, well, why not get paid to do it for other people? So then mm. I launched a podcast production agency and now I'm working on a podcasting course and I have a book about podcasting. So I'm all in on podcasting now, but uh, took over a decade of trying this, that, and the other thing to, mm. to get to that point. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how something that wasn't even an intentional thing turned into the business, I guess. So do you, um, so do you think the best way to do a podcast is do it off your own bat in terms of, you know, my lazy, my lazy marketing thing is that I just find people to talk to. It's easier um, than coming up with content. Do you find that it's, the which is the better way to go about it? Is there a better way, you know, create your own content or is it better to have a bit of a plan to start with in terms of what the hell you're trying to achieve? You mean like first uh, an interview style show versus a or should you try to produce? Because I think the biggest problem with most podcasters is that, if you're going to be the, the, the only person on the show, 
then it's harder to kind of get that messaging right and and harder to, to sort of get it done in some respects um mm-hmm. as opposed to because the moment i'm looking at launching another podcast for our for our app platform of our platform and and it doesn't lend itself necessarily to a guest scenario so i'm going to have to come mm-hmm. up with the content to do it um and i'll put that baby off a few times now because it's like i've got to sit down and really think about it whereas if i find someone's interesting on the show then it's it's a pretty easy scenario because i'm just going to do it so um, right. i guess it depends on whether you like talking or not right <laughs> Yeah, I think there are pros and cons to both. Um, with an interview style, like you said, then you don't really have to create content. You just ask questions and go from there. Uh, plus, I think the networking and and whatnot is nice. And you never know, like you could collaborate with somebody in the future. I just, um, I've noticed that that's been really helpful with my podcast. Uh interviewing people or even being a guest on other shows just the connections and whatnot you never know what comes out come yeah so those are advantages um the whereas with uh like a solo show like you're talking about where you're um creating your own content basically it's just you uh yeah the disadvantage of course is that you're having to come up with your own content but the advantage is then you're the the expert i guess you could say in those episodes people get to know you more Mm. um that way and uh versus like when you're interviewing they might it's more the guests that they're really getting to know which is fine mm. Uh, mm. so what i do i have both uh, they're primarily interview but i do solo episodes here and there gotcha. about so you mix them specific up. yeah yeah, yeah. So, so yeah there's no rule is there right there's no it's your show right, right? i think what part of the people things they, they google something and someone some expert says oh you should do it this way so they think that's the rule mm-hmm. <laughs> right? but it's not you can just break your it's your show it's your business you can break the rules right right yeah so i recommend kind of doing both or even trying both and seeing mm. what you like better what works better <laughs> yeah and i think that's the thing i think it's it's coming up with that concept and i think playing around with it and so like i said if it, you know if it doesn't work out the podcast doesn't work out just start another one right it's not like it costs mm. any money <laughs> to do anything right. at the moment so um right. and it's very interesting that amazon sort of got into it now like the amazon mm. the, basically amazon music because what we we do is that we lodge because we did some filming and we were involved in some production some tv shows in la we're able to put things on imdb mm-hmm. and so we actually list all the podcast guests on imdb so they come up as actors on 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 basically right it's kind of weird um but that if they're famous right so they've actually got a listing on on um you know the, the industry database and ah. and they actually made an extra option early on to put podcasting in, and then suddenly out of the blue comes this podcasting music Amazon Music thing, and so they're trying to compete with the likes of, of Apple because from my understanding, the statistically is that the vast majority of people who listen to podcasts are Apple users. They're Apple mm-hmm. have an Apple phone, um, and the fact that you know at the end of the day, an Apple user is probably the most sought after marketing person, you know, marketing target in the world, because basically they usually can afford, if they can afford an Apple phone, they can probably afford to buy something. Um, right. And that kind of target market. So it's kind of interesting how it sort of pigeonholed itself into, into that situation. And, and now, um, you know, everybody's trying to get into it. And I think it's, it's interesting, like I was probably aware of this thing called Clubhouse. 
and um and you know it kind of scared the hell out of podcasters for some reason they said oh it's going to be the end of podcasting or something like that it's like no it's not because it's too it's live you can't um you know you can't basically record anything at this moment in time and so it was interesting that they sort of like again they released it to the iphone users only they still haven't put out an android version mm-hmm. um so you can kind of see that they know that that's the target market so i guess if you're into podcasting you got to think about who's listening to it just look at who's using an iphone and you'll know mm-hmm. kind of like possibly who's listening to it right yeah that's a good point yeah um yeah the majority of podcast listeners listen through apple Podcasts. i hadn't really thought about that though with clubhouse um i know that it's only available on apple right now but i didn't really think about the fact that well maybe that was intentional Mm. (laughs) that's i think yeah because maybe the because they originally started with like celebrities and stuff like that so they would have had Mm. to have an issue where they go to the celeb well can you be on a clubhouse and they go well i've only got an apple phone or i've only got an android phone whatever so they must Mm. have sort of looked at that scenario at the time and thought well we have to make it the most convenient because it's much harder to write an apple app than it is to write an android app much oh, really? harder, much harder to get approved. Like we do app publishing, so um, mm. you know we can get a, a Google app up in a, in a day done, dusted, approved, oh, wow. live. Apple takes two, three weeks longer sometimes, mm. and they've got to approve it. They check every single thing. If they don't like anything, they come back and ask about it. So the reality is that there was a it would have been a lot harder. That was actually simpler for them to do Google in the first place. Mm. It would have been far simpler. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So it's like when you're looking from the outside world sometimes, you're looking and saying, why do they do that? And it's probably why. Um, yeah. Or it could simply have just been a complete accident and the CEO has only got an Apple phone and he wanted to do it in that one. <laughs> yeah. and it's like Sometimes you, you give people too much credit, but I think these guys seem pretty smart. So I think, mm-hmm. um, and they were quite smart about the saying that you're not supposed to record it either. So technically... You know, you, you can't say, oh, I'm going to do a clubhouse, I'm going to stick it on my podcast because technically right. you can't do it. So I think in some respects it's certainly not the end of podcasting. If anything, it's going to enhance it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how that sort of evolves from there. But that proves that audio is still very popular. Because um, mm-hmm. one person said to me quite a while back, and I think it's quite true, is that very rarely does audio or that you can think of but goes viral, right? Video goes viral. Post, mm-hmm. you know, text can go viral, but very rarely does audio go viral. Um, and so I think that's interesting that even in this day and age, radio is still pretty successful. Um, it's because people want to consume stuff on demand and they don't want to have to look at it, right? So I think mm-hmm. that audio is such a big medium that's that's certainly not going to go away. I don't reckon it's going to get bigger. Yeah, I think what's so... Um... What's nice about audio and why it's so popular, I think, is because you can multitask when you do it. You could be driving or doing the dishes or whatever and listen to an hour-long podcast, or you're much more likely to listen to an hour-long show and really get to know, like, and trust the host Mm. versus, you know, if you're reading a book, you're watching or reading a blog or watching a YouTube video, it involves your eyes and your focus and attention. And so you might not even finish that book, blog, or mm. uh, video. Um, and so, yeah, I think the consumption is just a lot higher with podcasting or in, and audiobooks. Mm. Yeah. 
and that's another booming area too. Actually, we just we just put another audio book on another book. I just got involved in, and it's like audio's you know going through the roof. So I think that's the. I think the the pandemic probably changed a few things there because podcasters mm-hmm. said to me that a lot of their the, you know downloads went down initially yeah. as people adjusted to the new life and then and sort of built their podcast sort of regimen into a new life <laughs> that they went on the train or whatever listening to it when they were going to work. So I think there was a bit of a reset there, but um, yeah. yeah, I think it's quite interesting. So so if you want to start something on a shoestring, right? So we got how to start a business online business for five dollars and maintain maintain it for under a hundred dollars a month. So is that what, how would you go about doing that? So I think it's important for <clears throat> no matter what kind of business you have uh, to have a website. Uh, a lot of people think, well, just having a social media or a Facebook page is all you need. And it's important to have social media. But you definitely should have a website because that's like owning land versus renting land because yep. You never know what's going to happen with social media. Like, will these channels be around in 10 years? Algorithms are always changing. Um, Your posts, unless you pay to boost it, uh, only like 1% to 2% of your followers are seeing it. And Mm -hmm. anyway, so definitely have a website, which for that, I mean, you have to have a domain which you can go to oneandone.com and get a domain for a dollar. That's where I get all mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you use WordPress, you just have to have a host, which depending on who you go with, it could be as low as $3 a month. Um, or you could do like Wix or Weebly or Squarespace. Uh, and that might be more like $10 a month. But um so yeah, what I did, I just uh, got the domain, the website, and then you could create a free logo in Canva or pay someone like $5 in um, Fiverr mm-hmm. and and then get an email list started. It's important to get that started right away. Um, what I use is called SendFox and like your first, I think, thousand subscribers are free uh so it's free to get started but what i really like about it especially for a content creator like a podcaster youtuber blogger um is that you can put in your youtube link or your podcaster blog rss feed and it'll automatically generate a weekly newsletter with all your latest podcast episodes and blog posts so it saves a lot of time mm. um but there's some other free ones out there like mailchimp and mailer light um so really you could get started for yeah or roughly around five dollars just because no matter what you're doing you should have all that in place and then depending on what you're doing are you if you're podcasting coaching consulting blogging affiliate marketing drop shipping depending on what you're doing you might need to spend money f- for that specific niche like like for podcasting for example um I bought an ATR 2100 mic, which I think was like 60 or $80. Uh, yeah, so There's I started my- thing to do, eh, right? Buy a decent mic. Don't don't yeah. go cheap, too cheap on your mic, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and it's a USB mic. It plugs right into your computer. And then there's free um, recording and editing software like Audacity. And so, yeah, depending on what you're doing, there might be some extra costs here or there, but 
I've been able to run my businesses for under 100 a month. And right now I'm doing like 40 or six, 40 to 60 a month. <laughs> so it's possible. And what what's nice about online business is that you don't have the the overhead like with uh, a brick and mortar or mm. retail location. Rent. <laughs> yeah. Find rent and yeah. insurance and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, rent, insurance, liability. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, you don't have to have an inventory really usually with an, well, depends on what you're doing, but usually mm. not. And I mean, if you're doing that, then it's a different business entirely anyway. So I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's interesting we talk about there because but part of what um, we did and you could be done you would know about this but basically one of the things we did is we developed our own podcast solution for podcasters and oh. and what we do it's called evolvepreneur.app, so it happens to be <laughs> on the end there's the oh, club yeah and and so what we did is we looked at the scenario of what you just spoke about in terms of you know the complexity of having to think about what you need to do because and mm. I think one of the things that people forget in is that you said about domain names is they think. I won't bother with the domain name. I'll just redirect it to the podcast, you know, iTunes or something like that, which I think is the laziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and and that's probably comes really under lazy marketing. Or um, you know, you have a, a website, but then they struggle to kind of keep that content up. And so, um, and the other thing that I've seen a lot of people do is they don't own their own feed. So they basically go to a podcast place and they'll they'll sign up for, say, cloud. Um, you know SoundCloud or something like that and they'll use that feed in everywhere and the problem with that is that if you stop using SoundCloud the feed's gone mm-hmm. and so then you can't shift to anything else they kind of tie you in so part of what we do with our own platform is say okay well you register your domain mypodcast.com mm-hmm. and then make sure that that, that f- RSS feed that gets created that you've got to put in all these podcast distributions is from that domain name so that way you can control it you don't end up in a bad situation where you're stuck with I'd say someone who may even go broke, right? Someone, a you know, podcast host could, hosting company could go broke and then you're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. So that was sort of one area we looked at. And then we said, well, okay, could we create a ability for them to host it on their own on their own website? Yep, we did that. So the idea was that they could create a podcast episode, upload it to their own platform, and then it would automatically generate a, home, a show page and then mm-hmm. allow them to collect subscribers. And then um, at the same time... Um, automatically email any subscriber out with a new email with a new podcast episode when it came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and mainly because I wanted all this because I didn't want to have to do it myself, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so it was like we looked around and we realized that very few, um, there's very few offerings out there where they can get subscribers onto their podcast. So you can go to these hosting companies and you can actually um, sign up for it but when you subscribe, if they even allow it, they don't give you the email address. They keep it for mm. themselves. And so you're not building your own your market because they know if you do that, then you're building your own market. So you, we have the ability in our software to do that. So then you subscribe and then that's handled inside your system. The email's then handled and so you don't have to worry about getting an email program necessarily. Um, hmm. And so you've got rid of the hosting. So you don't have to worry about hosting. You've got rid of the emailing. You've got an automatically built website that generates the homepage and everything on your own domain. So now you own the whole thing, right? You don't have a situation where you're beholden to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then you're distributing out to the various podcast companies. So that way you're the central source. And I think that's the important thing I find with podcasters is they dig themselves in a bit of a hole um, because they've got their own, they've used one platform, they can't get out of it, um, they think, mm-hmm. although we found a way you could do that. Um, and so you could shift from within one place and another because 
what happens is when you launch a podcast and you put that episode up there on iTunes, they automatically give it a number, and that number's unique. And if that number changes, then they assume it's a new episode, and they wipe out all your stats. <laughs> oh. So, oh, um, wow. Yeah, so that's the danger. So people change to another podcast company and suddenly say, oh, my stats are going down. So because they, Apple thought you changed your whole episode thing, so they wiped it all and started again. <laughs> Good luck. Oh. There you go. gone. Lost a whole lot. And yeah. so that was so we set that up at like $49 a month to allow someone to actually have that whole thing. But in the back end, they can sell products. They can create a course. They can sell their book. They can uh, create blogs. They can do everything they normally would do, say, on a WordPress site plus say, you know, if you had Kajabi or something like that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of, I want to show you this afterwards, like I get a chance, but what we, what I felt, found was that was the problem with most podcasters is that they got stuck um, or made the wrong decisions in that first initial stages, which meant they had to then fix it up later if it became mm-hmm. popular um, and, and it became messy for VAs and stuff like that. So, um, and you would have noticed when you went through our system, you went through a guest system. Yeah. 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 I, I notice on, uh, I've checked that out on evolvepreneur.app and was pretty impressed with all the things you could do, but I didn't know uh, about the thing that you just described about the podcast feed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And we also That's create a profile. So what happened when you fill out that form? And, and I think this is kind of a long, bigger story in automation, right? So I got you to fill out an application form. Inside the application form, you said, what's my social media links and all that sort of stuff. And most people think you're just asking that because we want to know. Um, and we do. But the real reason for it is that we automatically create a profile for you based on what you tell us. So your mm-hmm. profile is now public profile sitting on our platform with all your email links and all your social media, which I didn't have to go and remember and type in later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's just an automatic process of that. So as soon as we create the episode, we just link it to your name and then suddenly your, your profile's linked to that name and we're done. Um, wow. So, yeah, so the laziest way to do podcast <laughs> as possible is <laughs> what's the theory um, in doing that. So I think that's the piece that, to my opinion, was missing in the po- in the, I guess, the industry is that there was nobody really looking after the podcaster, in my opinion. They were mm-hmm. trying to uh, look after themselves, to build off, Almost like Amazon works on the theory that you know if you put a book up there or any content up there, they've got something to sell. Without you, they've got no one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's that scenario of the same thing with podcast companies. If they can have you hosting your podcast on their platform, then they're going to get more traffic, and it's you know it's good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably why a lot of them do it for free. So I think you need to know what you're going in for. Um, I think if it's free, you are probably the product um, right. in that situation. So I think, yeah, I think asking the questions early on about what's important in a podcast mm-hmm. process that you get set up properly, I think is a, is a good idea. And for us, it always felt like strategy was a good idea too. It actually had some sort of idea of why, yeah. why you were trying to do it. So, yeah. So end of lecture. <laughs> um, but uh, I thought it was important to kind of whip it in there because, um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was that part of our idea was, as you said about social media, right? If you get caught in a situation where you, you've set up your podcast, say, on a Facebook page and you can't get back into that, mm-hmm. um, then you've lost your entire audience. You've lost everything. And mm-hmm. so I think owning your own podcast, I think, is important. It's it's like anything else um, in any sort of marketing is that if you don't own your own stuff, then someone else owns it and you're, you're renting it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. 
So, um, okay, affiliate marketing. That's interesting. That's another one. <laughs> so, so, so talking, you mentioned a bit about doing some affiliate marketing and drop shipping. Mm-hmm. So what was that all about? Was that to do with your book? Um, well, so I still do some affiliate marketing uh, through the podcast. Mm-hmm. And there is some in the book, actually. And basically... <clears throat> and it's only stuff that I use and recommend. Um, but well, if people aren't familiar with what affiliate marketing is, is you're basically uh, promoting someone else's service or product, and then if that if someone were to click on that link, that's mm-hmm. maybe in your show notes or your blog, or or um, some people even do it like in the description on a YouTube video, you know, things like that, uh, then you'll get a commission on on that and so every now and then like say i have someone on my show who has a book well in the show notes i'll link to the book but it'll be my amazon affiliate link yep um or if i have someone on who has a software program or maybe i'm doing a solo episode about a particular software program that i use um you know i'll link to I'll use the affiliate link in the mm. show notes and mm. and even um, even in the episode itself, I'll either like it'll be my website, the com forward slash whatever the uh, software product or whatever is. And either that'll go thing to-, to remember, right? So don't go sticking in some affiliate link that might expire so that you can't change later, right? Yeah, there's that plus affiliate links are usually very hard like if you're talking about it on a podcast mm, there's remember. numbers and letters <laughs> and all kinds of stuff it's Let like it this <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i create uh well with wordpress it's called pretty links and you can just basically or you could create a page on your website i guess mm. that um i've seen people like that's what we've sort of seen a lot of people do they'll just go you know the podcastshow.com slash special offer and then right. they can basically just redirect it where they like and i think that's the mm-hmm. That's important if you're going to get into it, because obviously with that sort of affiliate thing, then you can revenue get some revenue from your show. Um, right. There's not just one way of making money by, from a podcast show, right? Is there? Like it, affiliate marketing's a nice way to do it because you're you, people are more inclined to click. I think you get a higher conversion rate, I reckon, based off that mm. scenario. Yeah, I, I think affiliate marketing is definitely uh, for podcasting or blogging or even a YouTube channel. Hmm. Um, are definitely good ways to monetize that. It's one of my favorite um, ways to, and it's kind of passive. Once you put out the podcast or the video tutorial of the thing that you're talking about or whatever, uh, it becomes passive at that point to any kind of commissions you earn. <laughs> yeah, you do it once and then you just keep getting the money, right? It's quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, I, that's one of my other favorite subjects is recurring income because I think a lot of people don't, they think about the one-off thing. Um, so, I mean, some people might charge to go on a podcast show and they think, okay, that's great. But the reality is if they, if they did a deal with that person and said, look, I tell you what, if if I send you business, you'll pay me some commission, you'd mm-hmm. probably make far more money out of the long term out of that than you ever would out of that little short firm, you know, short firm time like 100 bucks or whatever you might make out of that of that guest. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love affiliate marketing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, do you, so if you were starting again in terms of what you've done and like you learned the last 10 years, what would you say to yourself 
early on, if you're saying to the younger self, say, hey, look, don't do that or do this, what, what do you think your piece of advice would be? Um, I would say to avoid shiny object syndrome. Mm. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this problem, and I sure certainly did and kind of mm. still do from time to time. But at least I'm aware of it now. Yeah, you know, um, you've got a problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> and also I, uh, the main buying syndrome, I call it. Like, you can start to buy domains. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. <laughs> yes, I think it should be like a domain anonymous thing. <laughs> People can go and admit they've got a problem, right? <laughs> well, one time, uh, so I buy my domains on one and one like I said, for a dollar. dollar, so pretty good. <laughs> and then someone contacted me out of the blue for this domain I had that I wasn't really using yet. I had ideas for it, so I went ahead and got it, but I didn't I didn't end up doing anything with it by this point. And someone contact like a domain broker contacted mm. me saying that they had someone interested in buying it. Anyway, I ended up selling them the domain for I think like $700 or something. Oh, yes. So, and that was I it wasn't even my intention to buy the domain and then flip mm -hmm. it or sell it, but it just kind of happened. So I was like, oh, well, that's that's a pretty good profit, 700% profit. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And the other thing too is that as time goes on, the better demand, the good domains will become harder to get. It's a bit like real estate, right? The, the, mm -hmm. the best streets in the, in, the, in the city are gonna stay the best streets in the city, right? So ultimately, mm -hmm. so they're always gonna be better off. So I think, yeah, I think sometimes people forget about that, and I think also, in my opinion, is that if you if you get a domain, redirect it somewhere. Don't leave it dead, mm. because one of the things, two things happen out of that. One, it's harder to find you if they do want to give you the money for it, and secondly, it actually matures then, um, so it's worth more. Mm. So ah, if you actually have point. something that actually goes somewhere, they can see traffic to it at least, then it's mm -hmm. going to probably worth more than than a dead domain that they've got nothing because Google's never linked it. Google's never looked at it yeah. because it doesn't exist. It just opened oh, no. up. Wrong problem. No problem going with that one. Don't link that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. So worst case scenario, create a, create a page on the website saying, I'm going to get around to using this domain one day dot com. Um, and then <laughs> send them all to that one. So at least you don't leave them dead. Because that's what I've, like, we do that quite a lot of domains. I mean, um, and I think the danger is that if you buy too many domains and you've got this brilliant idea that you never use it for, um, try the idea out on your own website first, and if you get enough traffic, then buy. Then perhaps you know go domain wise. But but the trouble is with I found is if you start searching a domain name that you've thought of, if mm -hmm. you don't buy that domain name very quickly, the likes of GoDaddy actually indexes that and actually goes and buys it. And so then suddenly you know you can't you buy it, you think oh, a good idea, and the next day you go looking for it. What's happened is they've indexed it and figured it out, and so they went and bought it. So then you have to pay more for it. Ah, so, interesting. Um, yeah, so if you ever go searching for domains, don't search on Google for domains and stuff because <laughs> they will figure it out and you'll end up paying more. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like if you were to search directly on Google.com. Yeah, some people I, go or they go to even GoDaddy is a good example of mm -hmm. that. I mean, I use GoDaddy for a few things, like as an example. But those mm -hmm. sites where you actually go and search on their site for mm -hmm. the domain, you think you're innocently just searching. What they're doing is building out that traffic and figuring out that you're interested and if someone else searches for it then suddenly that domain becomes purchased by them and then suddenly it's cost more money that's why mm. they make money <laughs> yeah so um yeah so if you're going to buy that domain then buy that domain <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. Right? Don't, don't dilly-dally around and think, oh, I'm going to buy it tomorrow because then you think, oh, somebody else bought it. How come they bought it? It's uh-huh. like they didn't. They just, you know, they basically um, knocked off the idea from someone from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Cool. All right, so um, just in summary, like, uh, and we'll put these links up on the website because you've got um, the sarahstjohn.com, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty easy to spell. And then you've got one there for a, for a webinar. Um, obviously, is that a free webinar that someone can come to to, to, have a, to listen? Is that what happens there? Yeah, so uh, I have a couple of free things. The webinar, yeah, the sarahstjohn.com forward slash webinar, which th- that's basically about, it's about a 30-minute webinar, and I go over basically why you should have a podcast and how it will um advance your business basically Mm -hmm. uh and then i have three books that i give away for free the pdf version um Mm -hmm. at the sarahstjohn.com forward slash free cool good man you gotta remember the domain (laughs) you gotta make it easier to remember yourself right (laughs) yeah And that's Sarah with an H, and then St. John is S-T-J-O-H-N. Unfortunately, Sarah St. John was taken, so I had to put the at the front, speaking of, you know, domain names. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's always the trouble. Like, um, we get a lot of people who have to register books, and they can't get the book name. And Mm. so we just say, well, my book named the book. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah so stick something else in front of them. most people haven't thought of that so yeah exactly um and it makes it more official right most sound like you're special like you had to have an official the in front of it because <laughs> <laughs> okay cool um all right well thank you so much for coming on the show i really like talking about podcasting probably do it for day for hours <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, probably the same there so i really appreciate you your insights in there i think um as you say like podcasting is probably to me is a simpler way to do marketing um mm. and you can prove to people that you know what you're talking about i mean it's and to me they also will listen longer because mm-hmm. um, you know you know everybody's got tension deficit disorder now right so they just bounce right. out and and it's not very long, so podcasting will hang in there normally if it's of interest to them. So I think it's um, a great medium to, to work yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, and then also if anyone's interested in starting a podcast or has one but needs help with the production, mm-hmm. uh, the podcast production agency is podseam.com, yep. P-O-D-S-E-A-M. Cool. And I'm creating a course right now. It's not out yet. It's on pre-sale, um, and that's podcastprofitpro.com. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Got some good domain names there, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, it's so very hard to come up with some. Some people come up with some crazy domain names. You think, what, what were you thinking when you did that domain name? Like, do you really think anybody could spell that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really hard to remember. So, re- really appreciate your time, Sarah, and, and um, I hope to talk to you again soon. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you.